Back to Old School with DP and J on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We are back, Austin, Jay Foreman, old school, short segment at the, for, at the bottom of the first hour. Austin, I know DP's traveling, uh, but I want to get your take on my man Carson Wentz. You know, he's almost like the, uh, he's the hot potato. Nobody wants to get, you know, be held with at the end. You know, that he goes from a number two pick, rookie of the year, could have been the MVP that one year. And it seems like he's been on a downward spiral after uh, he tore his ACL. Uh, and then the Eagles were able to uh, beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. He hasn't been able to find a home or some consistent play. Uh, what do you think about the Commanders? Obviously, releasing Carson Wentz. You know, you think that was probably premeditated or influenced by the signing of Eric Bieniemy as their new offensive coordinator? I wouldn't be shocked if it was partially, you know, due to Bieniemy coming in. I'm sure he evaluated the quarterback position when he, you know, thought about the job, what it would mean to take it. And like you said, bit of a fall from grace for Carson Wentz from number two overall pick to leading a team, you know, to the doorstep of the playoffs, only to get injured, have to hand your team over to someone else, see them go on to win the Super Bowl. And up and down, mostly down, occasionally up year in Indianapolis, they get rid of you. And even if it wasn't the coaches and GM's decision, the owner, Jim Jim Ursay, you know, pushed all those chips off the table. He pushed them all in to go get him because Frank Reich wanted him. He pulled all those ships right back to get rid of Carson Wentz to the commanders who sprung on him. And I get the Colts gamble on him at the time. You know, Carson Wentz's value is probably at the lowest it had been at that point. So I can understand, you know, Frank Reich wanting Carson Wentz in the building because he was more talented physically right. than, than Philip Rivers was because he did have his best year, you know, with Frank Reich as his offensive coordinator in Philly. But not smart of Washington to go get him to give up what they did for it. And again, it's just par for the course with what we saw Carson Wentz come out to be. It's the arrested development. No, it didn't work for those people, but it might work for us sort of situation. And it didn't. So it's too bad, but I don't even know who has more value at this point to an NFL team, Carson Wentz or Baker Mayfield. Like they're in kind of a similar boat. (laughs) Yeah, I, I think they both have uh, shown. Well, you know what? I think Baker Mayfield does. I think because he's okay being a backup. Games that he got out. Uh, I don't. Well, I don't think Baker's at that point yet. But I think what Baker did was he went out there and it, well, first, first of all, he went to Carolina where it seemed like Carolina didn't really want him. It was like, all right, we'll take him because Darnold isn't very good, and and we got it. We need a guy, and he ended up starting and had a couple good games at Carolina, but then fell out of favor very very quickly and he got hurt obviously behind that offensive line and then you know he went out to the Rams and he arrived on a Tuesday and he was able to win a game on Thursday and you know look and he played pretty well for those last uh, few games I think he was humbled but then also he used it as fuel and did pretty well and let's not forget going out there and playing under Sean McVay gives him a little bit more of a leg up than say Carson Wentz that just showed this year he looked like he couldn't play dead now 
I will say this for Carson Wentz. Stat-wise, he had a better season than it looked at it looked on the field. I think Carson Wentz, I think the I think Carson Wentz's biggest problem is when he plays good, it's okay, it's good. But when he plays bad, he plays really bad, and it seems like it's always at, at the most inopportune times. When mm-hmm. let's look at it, the Colts they go down to Jacksonville, an injury riddled Jacksonville Jaguars team. It's a must win. They get into the playoffs. And let me tell you something about owners. You know, I know we got to go to break right here. Is as long as you make the playoffs, they do not care what your record is. And Indianapolis controlled their own destiny, had one of the top defenses in the league, and he's getting paid handsomely everywhere he goes. And so you're figuring you can't muster up one win. You and then the way they lost to Jacksonville and uh, Las Vegas the week before it. Right, yeah, but the Jacksonville game, you look, the lasting memory mm-hmm. is the lasting memory. Yeah. And so, um, you, you know, you can make excuses for the Las Vegas game if you win the Jacksonville game. So, um, look, I think he needs to probably go and try to figure out what, he's, what he needs to work on if he wants to continue to play football. And uh, he can't come into training camp expecting to be the starter because he hasn't been playing like a starter, even though he's been paid like a starter, which it seems like is the probably going trend for a lot of uh, NFL teams. But – that's our first hour. Austin, Jay Foreman, old school. We're going to go to a break. And you know what? We're going to spend the first segment, I think, talking about the women's basketball team and their upcoming Big Ten tournament up in here to the MPLS. So when we come back, we're going to cover the Amy Williams-led Cornhuskers. We, we, they can't be the Hellcats. We got a, we may be the Lady Hellcat Huskers. We're going to call them <laughs> that or something. We're going to, I got to make up a name for them. So when we come back, hopefully we can get some texts. And uh, some people give us some names for the the Lady Huskers uh, coming up to the Big Ten Tournament next week. Austin and Jay Foreman. You're listening to Old School with DP and Jay. Download the mobile app and listen wherever you are on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. 